Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? Good, good. As I said before, my name's Josh. I'm one of the pastors here and uh, so excited to be able to worship together this morning and hang out with you guys and uh, let you guys know about some stuff that we got going on. Uh, first of all, I would just like to draw your attention. If you're a guest with us this morning in the seat backs, you'll see multiple cards. One of those cards say connect. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind just grabbing that card, filling it out, uh, meeting Pastor Grant or Melody or I out at the connections tent, uh, we would love to just connect with you. We just want to say hi, name to face, uh, know how we can be praying for you, anything we can answer. We would love that opportunity. So uh, if you could do that, that would be awesome. Some of you might be looking around and being like, where's that Scotsman? I don't see him, which is not a Scottish accent. I don't know why I did that. Uh, but where is he? Uh, he's actually hanging out. He's here this morning. Some of you saw him. He's hanging out with our elementary students. He's playing a little worship for them. Uh, he's practicing a little bit for some Christmas stuff that's coming up, you know, a little tea be excited. Uh, yeah, so he's hanging out over there with them. He'll pop back in towards the end, and you'll be able to see him again. Uh, yeah, so just wanted to let you guys know if you're like, he just he just dipped before service. This is weird. So anyway, uh, one other thing I want to draw attention uh, to is that uh, how wonderful is like our little cafe thing we have every week? You guys appreciate that? <laughs> Woo! Yes. And just so you know, Marissa, she, she stocks that. She makes sure everything's good to go. Make sure you guys have coffee and you have snacks and you have something to, to, to eat and to have while you're hanging out and chatting. However, this morning, I thought that we had coverage for setup that we did not have. So when I got back to church around 845, I ran and set everything up. So if you got coffee that was not very strong, my fault. That was me. I didn't plug the pots in in time, thought someone else was going to be here, just want to throw that out, because Marissa does such a great job, I would hate if you guys thought that she dropped the ball, because she never does that, so just want to let you guys know that. Another thing uh, that we have coming up, uh, men, any men in the room, where's men at? See, silent. One day, I'm going to say, say that, and you guys are going to respond to me. So, uh, men, tonight, there's something going on at Glendora Marketplace, and this is a, um, a men's gathering that's going on there. Uh, just wanted to uh, be clear with something. All you guys are going to be meeting at Glendora Marketplace, and you can go there. You can grab some food, drinks, whatever you want while you're there. You can bring your food if you want to. Really, you could just show up and hang out, and that's completely fine. Uh, it's going to be awesome, but I just uh, challenge you guys. Show up, hang out, meet someone, say hi to people. I don't know how many times uh, I've heard conversations when we're, like, serving or doing work day. And two men that were at this church and been there for a while, they're like, oh, hi, my name's, I'm like, you've never met before? <laughs> like, you see each other every Sunday. So just a great opportunity to do that. Also a great opportunity, just relax a little bit, take a break from the craziness that's coming and be together. So I encourage you guys to do that. Uh, that is tonight, this evening at the Glendora Marketplace. Um, another thing is uh, I would like to make you guys aware of a couple of different ways that you can give. Um, however, before I do that, uh, I just want to uh, say thank you and uh, just really be thankful for how generous giving was last week. You guys each week will see on the, worship, on the back of the worship guys, it tells where we are in our budget year, um, what we're down, what each last week's giving was. And you guys, there was just a very generous um, giving last week. And, and I just want to thank you for that. Again, I want to reiterate the fact that, that this money, this, this, this church isn't funded by another denomination or, or uh, in collaboration with other, other churches. 
that, that everything that we do and everything that comes in is so we can support one another in the ministry we believe God has us on. And, and we really believe that to be a mutual thing. It's not just pay the, the staff people to do like ministry stuff. We believe that it's our job to set you up to do the ministry God called you for too. And so we just want to say from the bottom of our heart how thankful we are for that. Again, we want to be very transparent with that. That's why it's on the back of the worship guide. And if you have any questions regarding giving, what it means, why you should do it, what that looks like, where it goes, any of those types of things, please come find uh, Melody Grant or I. We would love to chat about that or one of the elders if you know who they are. Find them. Uh, we'd love to talk through that with you because we really want to be honest with what we believe uh, these resources that we have and how we're utilizing them uh, for kingdom work. So thank you so much for that. And with that, I'd like to draw your attention a couple different ways you can give. Again, in the seat backs, there's a little envelope that says give. You can fill that out. Um, and you can put it in the boxes. There's two boxes right outside those doors. So you just put it in there and put it in those boxes. That's one way. Uh, there's a text to give option. Um, you can give online. Uh, there's also a way to give through the Church Center app. And if any of those ways sound confusing or intriguing, uh, please talk to us. We want to we wanna be able to um, uh, clarify those things and just let you know. And again, we're so thankful uh, for last week, but we're also thankful for every week and every way um, that you guys steward your time, your finances, and your gifting, because that's what this is about. We're a church, as we're in the series, that's on mission to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And there's a lot of action on that wall. There's a lot of movement, and that takes resources and time and gifts, and we believe that we're in this together. So thank you so much. I'm gonna pray for Pastor Melody as she comes up and brings God's word this morning. Lord, in this season, it seems so, so right to to just have such a heart full of thankfulness. God, I'm so grateful for this collection of people, this collection of people that you have brought together to represent your body, to represent your movement and your existence in this world. God, I pray that you would bless the people in this room, first of all, to, to be aware of the fact that they are known and seen and loved. And secondly, that they, that they have been placed on a mission, a mission to reveal you. So I pray right now over Pastor Melody that you would just calm her heart in the busyness of, of this week and family and all the things that come up, uh, especially weeks that it seems like you're prepping to preach. I pray that you would just give her an amazing peace as all of her hard work and preparation results in an outflow of your spirit and your wisdom. So we're so grateful for her gifts. We're so grateful for this opportunity. And we ask that we would just be receptive to what you have for us this morning in your name. Amen. Thank you, Joshua. Yeah. Here are my mints. I knew I had them in my hand. Sorry if I didn't catch you with, you know, this. Let's, let's do a do-over afterwards, huh? Coffee breath? No more. Well, good morning. My name is Melody, and I'm one of the pastors here along with Josh and Grant. And uh, if we haven't met yet, let's change that. I think I've met pretty much everyone in here. Uh, and if you are old friends, well, hello again. Um, we were out the last two Sundays, our family and I. One week we were in Washington, D.C., 
uh, all week, and it was lovely. Um, my, one of my daughters, we were at this little souvenir store in one of the Smithsonian's, and she says, Mom, what are we going to take back to all the church people? And I was like, well, we're not taking back 200 magnets. I was like, let's go look in the mirror because we're what's coming back. So uh, no souvenirs from D.C., but here, a big hug and a kiss from our family to yours. Um, it was so interesting. Last week, we were actually here last week. We arrived uh, Friday night. We were only gone one week, really, but we took last Sunday off just because sometimes you needed to recuperate from your vacation, right? It's so good, but we're getting in our car at 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday because we were taking our little puppy to um, a vet. And um, my son, who's back there, he said, Mom, it's 9.30. We should just go to church. And I said, yeah. And then they all started, yeah, we should just go. We should just go. And first of all, I love that my kids missed being here. I love that. Because, you know, as pastor's kids, they're always here, right? They're Like, they're always here. Um, but they wanted to be here with everyone. And um, so I said, I love that you want to go to church, but we're not going to church today, okay? We'll be there next Sunday. So um, all joking aside, it is so nice to be here with you this morning. We traveled to uh, D.C. to have an early Thanksgiving with my brother and his family there, and my dad and my other brother traveled up from Ohio. So we were all together, and we had an early Thanksgiving with all the empanadas you could want. That is our Thanksgiving in our house. We make empanadas. Does anyone else do something different for Thanksgiving? No? Everyone does turkey? I'm the only crazy? What do you do? Chicken. I heard ribs. Ribs. Excellent. Honey baked. Chris, Chris you should go there. Because Chris is like, we never get a honey-baked ham. And I'm like, you're the only one who eats it. So, no. Anyway, um, all right. Shall we get to it? Let's pray one more time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much uh, for this day. Thank you that we are here together, God, as Josh said in this week. Um, that looks different for each and every one of us, God. I pray that as we are here, we're... Uh, that we would truly be here, our hearts open to um, hear the message that you might be uh, speaking to us as a whole, as individuals. God, thank you uh, for the privilege it is to be speaking this morning, God. God, would your words come through today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, well, let me tell you about this woman. I hated this woman. And not like we say, oh, I hate mayo on my sandwich, or I hate anchovies on my pizza. I cannot get on board with that. Or like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't tolerate this person, but I'll get through a few hours. I hated this woman. I didn't wish her dead. I don't, I don't wish that. I didn't wish that but I wanted her to disappear from my life, completely disappear from my life. I had yet to meet her. I hadn't even met her, and I hated her. I hated her. She would call the house phone, and I'd hear it was her, and I'd hang up. She'd call again, I'd hang up again. 
Sometimes I'd take the phone off the hook. This is when the phones were on the hook, okay? Sometimes I'd take the phone off the hook so she couldn't call back. I was so convinced that this woman was dangerous that I wondered if she went through like some sort of special brainwashing skills class to get what she wanted. And not like, oh yeah, I bet she's involved in this organization. No, like I was wondering, does she have special brainwashing skills because I don't understand what is happening. I don't understand what is happening. I'm talking to you about a woman, a young lady at the time, who was dating my older brother. Now, before you think I was a jealous little sister, it wasn't that. My brother was indeed in love with her, and it wasn't that that made me hate her, but it was the fact that this woman represented everything that was not only destroying my brother and his faith, but she represented everything that was destroying my family. I hated her. I hated her because my mom, my mom was already kind of on the path to a nervous breakdown. Some of that involved me, yes. But this thing with my brother just pushed her along that path even more fast than she was already going there. You see, my brother was Mr. Role Model himself. He was a worship leader. He was a youth leader. He was Mr. All-Around Great Guy. And he decided to walk away from his Christian faith towards this woman and a faith that she introduced him to. He came home one day and said that he no longer accepted Jesus as the Son of God. He no longer accepted as Jesus as the Son of God. He was going to believe something completely different. And all of these things were happening in my eyes because of this woman. My brother, my best friend, my best friend, the guy I looked up to, my Barnes and Noble buddy. We would spend hours there. The guy that would call me out when I was doing wrong, when I was dating the wrong type of guy, when I was staying out too late, when I was making wrong choices, he would call me out. That was my brother, and he was completely different. I hated this woman. Now, some of you know me, and some of you know that I can be a little spicy sometimes, yes? No, right? All right. Sometimes I got to catch the spice before it gets out. Sometimes I just got to say sorry. Spice came out. Too late. There's no going back. Well, this woman, she got all the spice. And it wasn't like I was a child who didn't know any better. I wasn't a child. It wasn't that I was even a teenager who could make better choices. I was in my 20s. I was a young adult. I knew exactly what I was doing, and I did everything I could to be terrible to her. Terrible to her, mean to her, so that she would give up and walk away from my brother. 
This started almost 25 years ago. My brother married this woman. He has two children with her. And he and his family still to this day follow a very different faith. My mom sure did have a nervous breakdown around the time. And again, not just because of this, other things led to it. But could you say you might understand a little bit my feelings towards her? Anyone experience something of the sort? This woman is now someone who I consider and I love like a sister. What happened? What changed? I'll tell you. We weren't even really on speaking terms. We did not go to their wedding. My brother got married alone. A few months after they got married, I decided that I would start praying for my brother every spare moment I got. So at my computer monitor at work, I carried around this picture with this sticky. I know how cute am I, <laughs> right? So cute! Um, I put this on my computer monitor at work so that I would take every spare moment I had to pray for him. And I was praying for him, and I would pray and pray for our family, and I would pray for God to change them, change them, change them, change them. I would pray because we were so sad the day they got married and we weren't there. It was like a dark, dark day. You know when the weather matches your feelings and it makes it worse? It was cold, it was cloudy, it was rainy. I remember the day so well. I would pray for our family because we were so sad. I would pray and pray for opportunities to heal what was broken and still get my brother back. I wanted him back. And I would pray for something to change. I was so mad, so sad. And after a while, I found myself praying for her. Now, if you remember, I, I wished this woman would disappear from my life. But here I was praying for her, and time goes by, I kept praying. I kept praying, and I kept praying. I didn't have a life-changing conversation with anyone who called me out on what I was doing. No. I didn't have the Lord stop me in my tracks and say, Melody, stop being spicy. That didn't happen either. I didn't have a dream of the future or anything like that. I just simply kept praying through my anger, praying through my sadness, praying through even my grief because I didn't have my brother. I was simply praying for something to change. Well, more and more time goes by, and before you knew it, one day, one day, I found myself with a pen and a paper in my hand. And I was writing her a letter. And I was writing her a letter. And my first line was, I am so sorry. 
I was writing to say how sorry I was. I was writing to say how wrong I was. I was writing to acknowledge how awful I had been, how terrible I had been, how sorry I was that I felt so justified in my anger. I felt so justified in the way I acted. How sorry I was that I had been probably the worst person that she had ever met. I wrote and I wrote until I could not write anymore. And you might be wondering, well, why a letter, Melody? Why not go find her, have a conversation? Well, at the time, they lived overseas, so that was not something you could easily arrange. So I put the letter in my purse, and uh, I went over to my parents' house for dinner that day. And I walk in the door, and my parents are hanging up the phone. And they say, we just booked a flight to see your brother next week. Can you come? They had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what they were doing. And not but 10 days later, I was able to give my sister-in-law a letter in person, have a conversation, and experience a complete change in our relationship. I was able to read her my apology. So my prayers for change were happening. My prayers for change were happening, but they were changing into something I had not imagined. I had not imagined that I would be the one to change. I had not imagined that I would be the one that was different, that was transforming the way I thought about this situation. My parents were also changing. My two other siblings were changing. Our whole family our whole family was transforming. But wait a minute, wait a minute, Melody, this is still wrong, wouldn't you think? This isn't exactly picture perfect because your brother's still of a different faith, so how does this make it okay? How does this sit with you? How can you be okay with an outcome that you still don't see results that lead back to Jesus? How, can, how could I be okay with that? Well, I'd say, well, this statement is correct and also incorrect. Correct because I did see changes that led back to Jesus. My heart changed. My mind changed. My actions changed. Still to this day, there are things that happen between her and I, between our families, that are only because of the Holy Spirit and his transformative change in our hearts. I even shared with her my super duper secret top recipe of cranberry bliss bars. This is secret. How many of you have tried my bliss bars? Quite a few, look at my son, my son's like, here, make them later. So I don't share this recipe with anyone. I don't think anyone in here has it. Unless I really, really love you. Just kidding. I don't share it with anyone because that's what I gift at Christmas time. That's what I do at Christmas time. It's my super duper secret recipe. Everybody loves it. I make it in the holiday season. And here we are a week ago 
cooking together, laughing together. We actually set the kitchen on fire together. We preheated the oven and she didn't remember that she had some stuff in there. Whoops. I bought them a new fire extinguisher because it was kind of my fault. But I don't share that recipe with anyone. But if you come to the Christmas Eve service, just a little plug, you might find a little sample for yourself. Christmas Eve, 7 p.m. Okay. So I did see change. I saw change. I experienced change. But it was an unexpected type of change. And that statement, how can you be okay with this, is also incorrect. I'm not okay with the way things are. I'm not okay because I want to see them come to Christ. I want to see that. I still pray for my brother. I still pray for his family because I still want to see that change. But it is something that I do not get to know how it will happen. I do not, not how, I do not get to know when it will happen. I do not get to know where it will happen. I do not get to know why it will happen. But I do get to know how it will happen. And that is through God Almighty himself. By nothing I can do. I trust and pray that the Holy Spirit will use someone or something to come into their lives and that change will come. It's obviously not my cranberry bliss bars. They're not that magical. Will it, will it be someone in our family? I don't know. Will it be my dad? I don't know. Will it be a friend that they've made now or in the future? I have no idea. Will I even get to know it? My mom passed away before she saw her son come back to Christ. Will my dad get to see it? Will my dad get to see it? I don't know. Will it even happen? I don't know. But the Holy Spirit has the power to transform, and I can pray, and I can trust. You see, these steps that we have here, I think we have a slide here with arrows, these steps on how it all begins we have to trust and we have to pray that the Holy Spirit will lead us to, lead someone to, lead a situation through a transformation. Pray and trust in the one that leads us to everything else. Pray and trust in the one that leads us to the next action step. Pray and trust in the only thing that can really transform anything. You know, my husband is a marriage and family therapist, and he can tell you this. We talk about this every once in a while. People don't truly change who they are. It has to be a complete transformation. It has to be down-to-the-core transformation. And I believe that can happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. It may not look like what we expect. It may not look like it, but it can happen. 
Today we're closing out our sermon series, 100% on mission. And this series has been an in-depth look at our mission statement here at New Song. We have it on the wall there. Everyone see it over there? You have it in your uh, worship guide in your hand. It's on there. We put it in the weekly email update. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We have talked talked about following Jesus. We've talked about loving people. And we've talked about, everybody say it, doing good. But looking at this mission statement, where does it all begin? Where does it all begin? It begins with prayer and trust in the one who is calling us to do these things. In the one who can transform us. Not just just as we do them, but as we are being called to do it. It begins with prayer and trust. It starts with the hope that as followers, of, that as followers of Christ, we have been and continue to be prompted to be changed according to his will, to continually be listening, to continually be asking, to continually be willing, step after step, to do these things that represent Christ and the kingdom of heaven here and now. This mission confirms what we believe, that we pray and trust, and read this next verse with me here, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, read it with me, created in Christ Jesus to do good works in which God prepared in advance for us to do. You being here is no accident, whatever you're involved in, but it begins with the Holy Spirit. It begins with a willingness. So we'll talk about that in a second. Let's review really quickly what we have talked about. The first thing that Grant preached on was following Jesus. And he said that following Jesus comes at a cost. We can say amen to that, right? We see that in the scripture. We see it in our lives. He said it would be easy to follow and unfollow Jesus just like we do with social media. I see where Jesus is going with that. Like, ooh, I don't think I'm on board with that. Unfollow. And the truth is we can do that. We can do that. We can follow and unfollow when it interferes with our lives, when we see fit. We can. But then I'd venture to say, how much can we really claim to be following Jesus if we dictate back to him yes and no's? How can we really claim to be following him if we're the ones dictating that? Grant said, you know, he sees time and time again, again, that following Jesus means that we may not know the outcome But it means asking questions, it means learning, it means watching, and it involves uncertainty. Do you think that this call to action involves trust and prayer and continued transformation by the Holy Spirit? Yes, it does. Then Josh preached about loving people. And let me start by saying that many of us, have experienced the constant need for trust and transformation when it comes to loving people. Yes? Is that, I mean, are you all looking forward to your Thanksgiving table? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, and let's just be honest, loving people can be hard sometimes. Yes? Yes. 
we can be honest about that. It's hard when they're not people like me, right? There's a chuckle. I meant I wanted like a resounding yes. I think Josh, where's Josh? You're super fired. He did brew the coffee less strong today. A few weeks ago, it was too strong today. Uh, Well, loving people can be hard, and it is the hardest sometimes when people with the people we love the most. Yes? Yes. Josh said that love is not optional, but the foundation of our faith. He said that when we look at loving people, we must remember that first he loved us. Not just me and the people I like. Everybody Everybody, he died for you, for me, and for everyone else who is hard to love. Maybe you're hard to love. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah? I mean, we could call my sister-in-law right now on the phone, see what she has to say. This is another action step that requires prayer, trust, and transform the way we look at things. And last Sunday, Grant preached on doing good. And he said that, you know, we are all qualified to do good because Christ qualifies us right here, right now, with the gifts and the talents he gave us now. We are all qualified. He also said that we should look to understand about doing good in a better way by asking questions, by listening By understanding what the need is better. By understanding what the need is better. Perhaps we think we're doing good one way. But there might be a better way if we took the time to understand and not just feel a desire we have to do good, maybe even look good. There's a better way. What does that look like? I can give you a funny example. You want it? You know how I give the worship team a hard time about not inviting me to sing with them? I do that. I give that to them all a hard time. But uh, I give them a hard time because I love to sing loud. Who can't wait for Christmas carols? Let's do it. Gloria. Yay. I'd consider that a talent. But it would not be doing good. Because let me tell you, I would be a hot mess up here. They don't just show up and sing and play. Like, this takes rehearsal. This takes knowing notes. This takes counting how many times you come in. I don't even know what you count, but they're always counting stuff. Okay? I would be a hot mess. I wouldn't know when to sing high, when to sing low. That would not be the best way for me to do good. But this is why, this is why we trust and we pray, and we ask for God's wisdom in what doing good might look like. We trust right now, we continue to pray that the ministries that New Song is actively doing is where God wants us to be and how he wants us to be involved as a church, in our community, with each other. We are representing God, his love, and showing each other and many others a tangible, tangible love. What that looks like every day is different. 
And that might look different in the next 10 years, five years, next year. What does it look like? I don't, I don't know, but I do know and I can trust and I can pray that God is leading us through who? The Holy Spirit. So follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And that brings us to today. All of these things cannot be 100% on mission without the transformation part. These things cannot be 100% on mission without the transformation part. So what does being transformed look like? What is being transformed? Well, I just told you my ridiculous story of me and my sister-in-law. That's one way. We can look at the Bible and see other ways. Some of you are familiar with the story of Paul, a man who was persecuting early Christians. And he encountered a vision of Jesus on the road, and he was instantly and forever changed into a man that helped spread the news of Jesus around the Roman Empire at the time. Later on in the book of Acts, you can see so many stories on how the Holy Spirit worked through the lives of people in the early church. Well, what about us? Again, I don't, how do we experience the Holy Spirit? I don't think any of us has lived the life that Paul lived, but we have some life in this room. We have lived through different experiences here. The fact that you are here today means that something is stirred up inside of you to be here. Something in you desires more. So transformation, how will we know it? Will we see it? Will we feel it? Will we show it? Will it make a tangible difference in our lives? Well, yes. And no. I want to tell you another story about our trip. We got to see the most amazing fall colors. Beautiful, beautiful. That's one of the 30,000 pictures of trees on my phone right now. We have some pretty colors here, but there is nothing like the East Coast. They have that on us. Amazing colors. And we were walking along, and I'm taking a million pictures, and my two fifth graders are lecturing me on everything they just learned about leaves in science. Okay, they're just going on and on about leaves and why they change colors, some of which I remembered, but some of which I totally didn't remember. And I talked to my husband, I said, do you remember that, that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? It's like, I don't know if I'd win right now. <laughs> anyway, so let's see if you remember why leaves change color in the fall. Do you remember? Because they're dying. Because they're dying. The color is being sucked out of them. What'd you say? Two points? Oh, for you? Oh, two points. Got it. Ron, two points. Um, the, the color is being sucked out of them, but it, it's like this beautiful thing to watch. And their, their changing of color is different stages of a dying leaf. And then there's other trees that still look good, but they, their color actually doesn't change at all. Their color doesn't change at all. And they're there year after year, and they might have some change, maybe every couple years, but not much. Not that you can see not that you can feel. I think that we can apply that transformation idea of trees to our lives. 
I think we can say that when we, when we want to see the Holy Spirit and the transformation that is possible, the way we react to the Holy Spirit can be like a changing color tree or a tree that stays the same. If we're like a changing color tree, we have to be in a state where we're willing to die a little bit every time. And by die, I don't mean physically die. I mean be willing to let our hearts say, what is it that you want me to do, Holy Spirit? Not what I want, but what you want. So we have to die a little bit to ourselves to let the Holy Spirit transform us little by little, shade by shade. We talked about this in our staff meeting and then again in teaching team. Changing and growing and starting over can be so painful, yes? Change can be painful, but it can also be beautiful. It can also be beautiful. Or we can be like an evergreen tree, present, stable, but not much growth inside, not much change, not willing to give up what's comfortable for us, not willing to do stuff that maybe might take us out of our little tiny world, not wanting to be bothered much. So transformation, will you see it? Will you feel it? Will you show it? Well, you tell me what kind of tree you are. You tell me what kind of tree you are. And I have to tell you, I am not proud of that story that I shared with you in the beginning. I am not proud to tell you how awful I was, but I am not scared to tell you how awful that was and how um, terrible I was because the story is not about me. The story is about the one who changed my heart, the one who changed my mind, the one who prompted me to action. Being transformed by the Holy Spirit does not mean accomplishing a big flashy goal for ourselves or a prayer request that has been answered exactly the way we hoped for. So therefore, we only celebrate transformation when it works out the way we really want. Transformation is not about you and me. Transformation is not about you and me. I typed this up so that we could really read it. Transformation is not about you or me. It means that God, through the Holy Spirit, is changing our hearts to who he wants us to be, who we need to be, what we need to be, in order to what? To look good? In order to uh, appear that we have Christ in our lives? In order to represent Christ. In order to represent Christ, I have two verses for you here. Romans 2, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and, uh, able to test and approve of what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. This mission statement that we have on the slide, on the wall, on here in your email, this mission statement is not just a pretty banner that looks cool, sounds cool, 
Our mission statement is not pointing to us as a church. Look at what New Song is doing. Look at what New Song is doing. It doesn't exist for us as a church to feel good about what we're doing. It's not about being self-serving, maintaining some sort of image that we get all things right. It's about Jesus and what he is doing and what he is calling us to do. The mission is always about God and how he is leading and transforming us and the people we interact with through the Holy Spirit here and now. Our mission is very active. Our mission is living. Our mission is breathing every day. We are representing the kingdom of God here and now. And I can't think of a better way to end this sermon than by telling you a story of another woman. You're like, oh gosh, Melody, how awful can you get? No, this is a really, really good story. I met this woman during the pandemic, mid-2020. I met this woman and she pulled up to the pantry registration line and she gave me her name. She gave me her name and slowly but surely, we started back and forth conversation. And if you know something about the ministries at New Song, it's not about the what we're giving out. It's not about the coffee. It's not about the food. It's about the people, the relationship, the transformation that happens. So I got to know her every time a little bit more and more. She got to know me and other volunteers a little bit more and more. During the pandemic, she lost two siblings. And I felt the loss. I felt her loss as she sat in her car and cried. Before you knew it, my mom had passed away. And I shared that with her. And I stood there and I cried. And we cried together. We were both grieving at the same time. Well, more and more time passes and she starts showing up to coffee in the courtyard. And this is where, if you don't know, we invite pantry guests every so often to come to have coffee in the courtyard. Everyone is invited here. And the hope is that over coffee and conversation, maybe a little devotional, a short 45 minutes will create relationship. Will create relationship. That's coming back in February, by the way. So mark your calendars. She got to know other folks too. Well, one Sunday she walks into church. And a few people asked me, hey, who's this woman? And I told them and they jumped right over to sit with her. They jumped right over to sit with her, and she showed up again and again and again. And she sits here almost every single Sunday, and she is here today sitting right there, and her name is Rachel. I asked her if I could share, by the way. I'm just not putting her on the spot. The mission statement is not only played out here in Rachel's life as New Song is living this out, but now she is being transformed, following Jesus, loving people, and doing good. She is showing up 
to San Dimas Retirement Center. She is showing up on Sundays. She is giving people haircuts in the courtyard uh, every so often. She is being called. Something is stirred up in her. If that is not a drop the mic mission statement moment, I mean, if you're not fully behind this mission, you should be by now. This is the mission statement being played out, living, breathing, active mission statement here and now, this is the kingdom of God. And I'm going to go over to Rachel because you don't have to get up. Rachel is having surgery on the 23rd. And we know about it. We are praying for it. We're praying that she gets sent to rehab and not sent home because she wants the rehab, she wants the physical therapy. So we're going to stop what we're doing and we're going to pray for Rachel right now. Lord Jesus, God, thank you for Rachel. Thank you for this living, breathing, wonderful Rachel. God, thank you that you brought her to this place. God, thank you that our doors were open to receive her. Thank you, God, that that you stirred something in Rachel to keep showing up. God, we pray for her that in three days she would go to the surgery room confident and that she would come out even better, God. It will be a, a tough recovery and a long road But God, you hold her in your hands. God, we pray that soon enough, Rachel will be back here in this very seat, praising and shouting your name. God, would you protect her and be with her? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for letting me share. Love you too. The end, we can all go home. Uh, Rachel shared this with me on Tuesday or Thursday when we were here for the pantry. She said, I have never felt so much love, so much support, and so cared for than I do at this place. We have highlighted different ministries and what they are doing to represent this 100% on mission series. And today we're going to talk about the prayer ministry. I'm going to have Sonia and Grant come up. When we are 100% on mission, we get to see the kingdom of God come alive around us through following Jesus, love people, and doing good. And I have to say, we know we're not a mega church with mega numbers, right? We're not. If you look at the back of your bulletin, there's a deficit in the budget. We know that. But I do believe that we are making a difference in each other's lives and in the lives around us every day. And we are 100% on mission with that. And I do believe that if we were to disappear tomorrow... Not only would our neighbors notice, but they would miss us. 
they would miss us. I do believe that we are 100% learning, we are listening, and we are 100% responding to the work the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. And I'm so thankful to be a part of this mission together with all of you. Amen. Thanks, Mel. Yeah, so as Melody said, we've been highlighting ministries because we want to show that, you know, this thing on the wall is not just a, a statement. There's actually living, breathing people uh, involved uh, in seeking to follow these things and follow Jesus, love people, do good. So each week we, we tried to pair something that was really uh, kind of a good uh, response to the message. So we've talked about the garden, the pantry, uh, the kids from the schools on Thursdays. Uh, today we thought, what better way to finish up, especially in the concept of being transformed by the Holy Spirit, and talk about our prayer ministry. Uh, and it's kind of, it's a hard ministry, isn't it, Sonia? <laughs> you know, how many of you guys have been involved in prayer ministries and churches through your life? You know, I've been in quite a few churches, and it often to me seems like one of the hardest things to sustain. Often you'll end up with the same two or three, usually of an older generation who gather once a week to pray. Nobody really knows they're doing it. They are faithful. They do it week in, week out. Um, but it's hard sometimes to get a whole congregation more deeply involved in prayer. And that's been something we've been pondering for several years now, uh, how to do that. Um, so with our wonderful brains of smartness, Sonia and I, um, with lots of conversation with the teaching team, have come up with an idea. And the goal really is that we, we don't want to do anything here that is not supported by prayer. That's really it, because like, we don't really know what we're doing. Does that surprise you? Could you tell that? I went to seminary, right? And then we talked about being a doctor. I got qualified. I got a piece of paper with a, a degree on it. But we're learning how to follow the Holy Spirit. And, and he is creative. He is surprising. He will take you all kinds of twists and turns, but he will get you where he wants to get you in, in your ministry. So first step is always prayer. We're like, God, what do you want us to be doing with these resources, these people, this time that we have in our time and place. The second one is while we are stepping into the things we're doing in ministry, whether it's individual stuff or group stuff, all the way along we want people to be praying, saying, God, give wisdom to the people who are doing this. How do we use the resources that we're being given? We want to be wise in that. And then lastly, prayer for celebrating. We want to pray intentionally and specifically about things so that when it, God shows us the way and we experience his grace and his abundant fruitfulness, we say, wow, isn't God amazing? And we give thanksgiving. So these are things we're trying to do. So we've started off this new prayer initiative, which you can all be involved in. And it doesn't require hours of your time. It doesn't require kneeling for hours at a time. It simply requires you giving us your name, email, phone number to indicate that you would like to be a praying partner for the ministry that we're doing together. And here's how it's working. We have a spreadsheet that Justin, who is back here, our communications and rock guitarist, wonderful guy, has made us a spreadsheet on Google Docs. And every ministry or initiative that we're going to do has a page dedicated to it. And everyone is going to have two or three prayer points. And what we need to do is populate the list of prayer partners so that when, for example, Bill decides, hey, I, I've really seen this need and my heart is moving toward a ministry to this particular group of people or something, he will tell Sonia about this. And Sonia will then, from the list of people who say they want to pray, 
we'll pick two or three people who will get these prayer points and will commit to just being a prayer partner. And Sonia will update the people who are praying and will receive updates from Bill and keep the things going. So every ministry, high school, youth ministry, women's ministry, men, finances, every single thing is going to have a page with three or four perhaps people praying consistently and getting updates about that. Does that make sense? So anytime we have a new idea, Sonia's going to be creating the page and reaching out to all the people who sign up today. There's so many pages here. Everyone could sign up. And you'll only receive one prayer assignment, assignment, okay? Just one thing. Does that make sense? Am I making sense here? Okay. So the other thing is we already have some prayer things. Uh, One is a text message. Who's ever received a text when something dramatic happened? They got a text saying, please pray right now. Okay, on this sheet, there's a thing that says text. You can check that box if you want to be on the emergency prayer text thing. So if something happens, so if, if anything, something urgent, sudden, you will get a text, a very brief text saying, pray for person. The other one is email, Nancy. In our office, she sends out regular emails, kind of uh, putting together the prayer needs. You can sign up to be on the email one. So check the box for text, check the text for yeah, email, and check, check the box for support. That's the one that we're starting for everyone to be praying. Is that good? So this is going to be on the table back there. It's a pen. You can sign up. Also, in the seat backs, there's a card that says Pray. If you just want to right now sign up for these things and you want to just do a blanket, yes, I will sign up for all three of these things. Put your name on the prayer card, your phone number, and your email address, and we will put you on all three lists, okay? Um, am I missing anything else here? And if you have a prayer request today, please also you fill this card in, and you can put those in the boxes out in the foyer. I'm going to ask Sonia to pray for us now. And anything else you want to add, Sonia, about prayer ministry? Static. They're static. Okay, I'm just going to pray. Okay. <laughs> Dear Lord. Oh. Sonia's been doing this for years. And like you say, prayer things are kind of quiet. They're in the background. But Sonia has faithfully, for years now, been leading this uh, ministry. So I just want to say thank you, Sonia. That was nice. Thank you. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this church, for this staff, for our elders, for all the people who serve and support and um, attend church here. We thank you for all of that, Lord. We thank you for this series we've just been in that points us more in your direction every day. Lord, we ask that you would speak to everyone's heart and give them the courage to sign up to be a prayer partner. Help them to know that it's all just a part of being a Christian and that we all want to um, support God in our church. And this is a good way to do that. So we just ask that you will guide and direct each person in the way that you would have them to be used in our church. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Sonia. So we're going to sing together. It's a chance for you to 
just let God love you today and for you to respond in love to him. We're going to sing the song, Oceans. Let's worship God together. We're going to go into a time of communion now. Grant and I will be up here, and Josh and Chris are back there. And I'm going to ask you to hold it, and I'm going to read something together as we take it together. And as you come, and you're sitting back in your seat, that song is pretty powerful. It says, Spirit, lead me to where my trust is without borders, uncertainty. Let me walk upon the waters, follow Jesus to wherever you would call me, love and good. Take that as we reflect on this song and we'll take communion together in a moment. You know that uh, my relationship, like I said, with my sister-in-law, I love her as a sister. Our boys, Josh and Sam, are two peas in a pod. You'd think they were twin brothers or something, although Josh looks like a, I don't know, I don't know what to call you, buddy but with hair as bright as fire. And my nephew, is okay, he looks like Slash, basically. They're, they're very different, but they're so much alike. I see so much of my brother and my son. I see so much of myself and my niece. We get together, we have the best times. The best times. We cannot wait to get out to see them when they can come our way, they can't wait. We have the best times. Man, I did not want to miss out on that. And I could have. I could have if I was not open to the transformative work that God needed to do in me. So as we take this, as we take this, We reflect on Jesus' words. We reflect on his teachings. We reflect on what he said to us. But let's take it today, and I don't know who you're going to see this week or who you're not going to see this week. Sometimes that's an issue, too. They're not coming. Let's reflect on what we can do to be the active, breathing, living kingdom of God here and now. Let's take the bread. In John 14, 25 through 27, it says, All of this I have spoken while I was still with you. This is Jesus. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Amen to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's take the cup. 
And this last song we're going to say says, For the sake of the world, light a fire in me. For the sake of the world and for all to see. 100%. I want to lay down my life. 100%. I want to give up control. 100%. I'm not looking back. I am 100% on mission with Jesus. Amen? Let's sing to that. Will you stand?